This is Radio Plasma, and our guest today, from Boston, Melissa Mills.
This is Radio Plasma, space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. You can listen on radioplasma.com. Also, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega, and today we are so honored to have Melissa Mills in the studio, and we're going to talk about all the musical work trajectory and keeping join of this beautiful music and such a great talent. This is going to be a beautiful experience, not only for you listening out there, but also for our group of students from Holyoke High School who are here as part of the audience in this session. So that way, this is also some sort of a music clinic so. for them to have that experience firsthand of what it is to see someone who already knows her way on the music, <laughs> how, how it is done. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, Melissa, welcome and thank you. Thank, thank you for you. being here. I'm so happy to be here. So let's give a little bit of context about how this happened, because this was a really interesting interaction that happened because of another music session we had yeah. a few a few weeks ago in the studio from another band who played recently here in Holyoke, Jackals. Mm -hmm. And it was because of the feature of that session that uh, we got to connect Melissa yeah. and I'm so thankful for that. Me too. I'm very happy. Yeah, it, it was somewhat random. I was just searching the internet all over for for good places to play music or places that feature music or looking for musicians and I stumbled upon that video and was like, this is great. I want to reach out to them. Like, this would be such a great connection. So I'm glad we were able to make it happen. Very glad. Tell us about you. Tell us about who is Melissa Mills. All right. And beyond the obvious about your beautiful voice and your talent as a singer and songwriter, what is the, the way that you make your music? I make music in all different ways. Um, sometimes it'll be just kind of sitting down with the ukulele or with my loop pedal, which I also use, and just mess around. And then kind of things come out of the air that you didn't know were inside of you that you needed to get out. Uh, that's sometimes my favorite way to write lyrics is just have, you know, a chord progression and just play it for like 10 minutes and record it on my voice memos on my phone. And I'll just sing whatever comes to mind because I find that it's it's like my heart speaking as opposed to my mind getting in the way when like I'm trying to write it down. So going back and listening to it, you're like, where did those lyrics come from? And it's kind of surprises yourself. You're like, wow, that's great. <laughs> but uh, that's one of my favorite ways to make music. Um, I also love just hearing something in your head or kind of having a little idea and just playing on it all day and, and then coming home and trying to figure out what you can do with it, if anything. Sometimes ideas just come in and you're like, that's nothing, never mind. <laughs> but that's great. I just love creating. How did you get started? Um, I've been singing for my whole life, as I would like to say, but I've been taking lessons since I was 11. I'm 27 now. And so in my voice studio, uh, they put on uh, monthly concerts. And so you would sing and you'd have, all the families would come and you'd stand on stage and perform. And that was the first time I ever got to perform. And I was like, this is everything that I need to do with my life. And I really just realized it when I was really young that like, this is the one thing that makes 
you know, my heart sing, if you will, and just, um, just really in, lit a fire under me and was like, wow, this is something that I need to just continue with. And so I did lots of music through high school. I did like all the plays, all the musicals, all the choirs, all of the chorales, the acapella group, everything I could get my toes into because I knew that this is what I love to do. And so when it came time to go to college, I was like, well, I know that I want to do music. So I, we looked into Berkeley and then we realized that if financially, for me, that was not going to be the right decision. Um, it's a pretty expensive school. I talked to my uh, music teacher and everything, and he was like, it's really, it's not for everybody. You don't have to go to Berkeley if you're a musician. If you don't go to Berkeley, it's not like you're signing your warrant to not pass and like be something good. Um, and I just realized when I went on tour, it just wasn't the scene for me. Um, I'm not a heavily competitive, well actually I think I am a heavily competitive person and that's why I didn't want to be at Berkeley because everybody's trying to do what you're doing and you just, it's, it's, you feel like a small fish sometimes and I wanted to be a big fish. So I went to UMass Lowell for music and that is, that program is out of this world. I can't hype it up enough. The professors were amazing. The choir groups, the choral directors, just everything about it was wonderful. Um, all the best friends that I have now, I met them <laughs> in that program in college within like the first week. It was just, uh, it's one of those things that um, music brings people together. And UMass Lowell was one of those places. So while I was there, I, um, met up with some kids that I actually went to high school with and was not really friends with in high school. We didn't have any problems, I just didn't really know them. And when we got to college, we realized we all played music. And we were like, why don't we jam together sometime? Like, let's just play in our dorm room. And we did that and we all were like, oh, let's be a band. So we just started immediately, just was like, let's try this out, why not? And we were together for six years. We went on tour of the whole East Coast. We were gone for like a month, driving all the way down to Florida. It was, it was really wild. It was kind of a dream come true because we always wanted to be touring musicians. That was always the goal. So to get to do that was really awesome. And then um, that band ended up not working out. The guitarist left, he moved to California. We started again. And then the, uh, the bassist decided that, you know, this just wasn't what we, wanted anymore. It wasn't, we weren't all on the same page, which was fine. I mean, that's a big thing is learning how to walk away from something. When you realize that it's, this is just going to hurt us more if we keep going, it's going to hold us back. It's really important to recognize that sometimes. It's really hard to recognize that. You kind of have to like, just like grow up a little bit and be like, okay, I love you all so much, but this is not gonna, this is not making us grow anymore. And, uh, I think that, I mean, we're only here for a short amount of time and we're only young for a short amount of time, so grow as much as you can. <laughs> you know, any chance that you get um, to grow is a really good one. So when the band broke up and I was alone, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. I've never done the music thing alone. I joined a band and didn't expect to be in this path. I didn't expect to be playing for you know bars at three in the morning in Boston and New York and these random places. I just didn't expect it, but then I realized how much I loved it. And when I realized how much I loved it, when it was gone, I had to figure out a way to get it back. And it was all on me because this is like, each one of us have our own little life and if we wanna get somewhere, we have to be the ones to take the reins, which is terrifying. So after about five months of 
feeling sorry for myself and not knowing what to do, I bought a new ukulele and I started playing all the time again. And I said, I'm just gonna try to find a show. I'm just gonna try to play for somebody. I will, I'll set up a half an hour of covers. I don't care. I just have to play. And then I stumbled somebody on Instagram and I connected and he gave me a chance. And he said, um, we're doing um, a house party. It's like a, it's called Porch Fest. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it, but so it was Porch Fest. And he said, would you come play? It's at my friend's house. I was terrified. I did okay. <laughs> I definitely messed up a few times, but it was like I got my toes back in the water. And that was really exciting. And then I just wanted to like just dive full into it because I realized I can do this. I'm fully capable. I taught myself how to play ukulele. I'm not the best at it, but I'm confident and I know that I can do it because this is what I want to do. And so it's like, why would I, I don't want to fail at something I don't want. So I'm going to try as hard as I can for the thing I do want. And I don't know where I'm going to be. I mean, a year from now, I don't know what's going to be. I, I hope to have a bigger band. I hope to not just be myself and my boyfriend. And I just, it's all about those baby steps. So that's kind of where I'm at now is just slowly rolling the ball and just trying to make things happen, make connections with people like this and, and with you guys and just to just try to make something because I know this is what I want. And if you guys know that there's something that you want, there's no reason why you can't have it. No reason at all, as long as you want it. So there's my little rant. <laughs> Growing up with music, learning from it, what it will be your influences in terms of musicians, artists, performers? Um, I'd say like my number one like vocal artist that I look up to the most would be Aretha Franklin. I adore her. I think she is an incredible performer. With her, what was also beautiful is she was just talented. It wasn't like, she's, oh, look at her, she's beautiful. She's in this, like, slinky little dress. It was never about that with her. It was just like, wow, she's a talent. And that's something that, like, I always want to remember. I don't want to get, you know, it's really easy in this industry to get lost in almost like the social media aspect of it, where you're supposed to be a brand and you're supposed to look a certain way and you're supposed to be a cookie cutter of something and when it becomes when you're trying to be a real musician you have to just forget about all that stuff and really focus on your art and she just kind of brings me back to reality a little bit and and it reminds me like what I'm doing and why I'm doing it as opposed to somebody who's just more about the dancing or more about the show I really want to focus more on the art and the music of it all. So she just kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> you mentioned these expectations from the industry, and this is always a topic that is difficult to address, but it has to be, it has to be talked about. Mm -hmm. How is it for you as a woman, as an artist, as a creator, how difficult has it been for you to thrive in this industry? Extremely difficult. I think um, because we're in an age of social media, um, I think Instagram is like, it's a big downfall of a lot of things um, mentally. I think it's great for connections. It's beautiful to meet new people and to network, but the pressure of it is crippling. 
the pressure of content, the pressure of always having something to post, to have a pretty picture that people like. If a picture gets 200 likes and then the next one gets 50, you're like, should I delete it? Does everybody hate me? And it's just this constant battle with yourself of trying to remind yourself, no, you're good, you're talented, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's the algorithm, like it's not always just you. It's there's, there's things that are above you that you just don't understand, so just keep trying to grind it out and push and remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing and, and try not to like get bogged down in the likes. And it's so much easier said than done because I'm a huge culprit of, of <laughs> getting very upset or like taking it personal when it's really not personal. I don't know anybody that's like, I'm not gonna like that picture, just in spite of them. Like, I don't, that doesn't happen. Like, nobody's doing like, I hate this picture, that's why I'm not gonna like it. It's, maybe they didn't see it, or maybe they just scrolled past, or they're busier. It's something that you can't focus too hard on because it'll just break you. And you just have to kind of like, come out of the bubble a little bit and be like, I just wanna make stuff. I don't care if people like it. Like, I like it. It's making me super happy, and it's not hurting anybody. So I'm going to keep posting it. Following up on that, what will be your advice for young women like uh, our audience here in the studio today who are talented, hungry for more, for that experience and that access, but sometimes that pressure is always the one that puts them into that doubt of should I even bother? Mm -hmm. What will be your advice for them? My advice is to tell that little voice in your head to go itself because it's not helping you. It's not, and it's, it's really, it screams the loudest sometimes, but you just have to learn to be like, shush. You're not helping. You're not pushing me forward in my art. You're not making things easier. You're making things 10 times harder and making me not want to create. And anything that's preventing you from creating is something you have to like kind of re realize and recognize it if you can, which is really hard. But if you can recognize like, okay, I'm getting a little crazy, I'm getting upset, or I'm trying way too hard and it's not making me happy. If you're not happy, like you need to change something. I think that's the bottom line is just, if you're making art that makes you happy, then post it. Who cares? Who cares what they think? You are happy. Your friends will love it. Your friends will be like, oh my God, this is awesome. I didn't know you did this. Post your stuff, post your music, mess around, mess up. Post stuff where you don't sound perfect because it's real, it's authentic. It's like, actually, I'm just noodling around. I don't know what it sounds like. I fall to it too. I get afraid. I don't want to do it. I don't want to post things. I won't post things. I'll delete things. But that's, that's human. You have to just conquer yourself more times than you undermine yourself. Because it's a battle and it's, it's life and it's not always easy. It's not always like the best. It's not always going to be cookie cutter and super easy. So just try to like listen to your heart and what makes you happy. And uh, people will recognize it and they will see how authentic you are and how real you are and they'll understand it. People can see fakeness and they don't like it. <laughs> I'm so fascinated on seeing how you're able to create such a beautiful pieces of music and art with something so simple as your voice, your ukulele, 
your voice and the pedal for loops. Mm -hmm. And eventually, some tracks that are made for you to add your voice on them. So what do you feel right now is your most comfortable way to perform or to create with a basic, simple setup or something that is as elaborate as a full production or like the full band that you mm -hmm. used to have? I'd say my most comfortable was with the full band because I really enjoy vibing off of everybody that's on stage. I like making eye contact and laughing and feeling a little more free. Um, I get really nervous. I have lots of anxiety. So when I'm alone on stage, usually I'm terrified. And I just have to kind of like calm myself down and get in the right headspace. And sometimes it's easier than others. And sometimes it takes a song. Sometimes the first song is not fabulous because you just gotta get out of your head. So I find when I have the full band or I have my boyfriend plays keys with me now, when he plays keyboards with me now, that's my absolute favorite. I feel the most comfortable. I can dance, I'll talk to the audience a little more, or I'll just be a little more free because I don't feel the weight as much on my shoulders. But at the same time, I mean, I still, I love performing any, any which way. So I'd say that's probably my favorite though is with the full band just real loud, exciting. <laughs> With this, is really interesting to see how, even though you have still moments of self-doubt and those moments where you feel, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, <laughs> uh, it's too much, yet you go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. That is something that I always, whenever I see this happening here in this very room, when some of these young ladies are doing that same thing, having that moment of self-doubt and maybe feeling, no, I, sh I, I can't. And I've seen them actually having a hard time trying to overcome it. And then they do it. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I have found true in all the girls in the program. Not with the boys, though. <laughs> But they give up right away. Girls are more mature at this age. Absolutely. <laughs> We have a lot more complex thoughts going on constantly. And the added pressure of society, just being a girl, and the fear of being a woman, and just having to exist as a woman <laughs> is just pressure in and of itself. So I can see that. But I know that females, were strong. We overcome because we have to. <laughs> we have no choice. So we have to buckle down and say, we got this. I'm gonna do this my way. Because if I gotta do it, I'm gonna do it my way. This is Melissa Mills. We are having a conversation with this talented singer-songwriter from Boston visiting our studio here in Holyoke, Mass. This is a amazing, an amazing connection between Boston and Western Massachusetts that I feel it should develop into some more activities and I'm for sure gonna try to make all possible to make that happen. <laughs> Could we have the chance to enjoy of more of your music? Yes, definitely. I'll play another.
This is The Voice and the music by Melissa Mills here in our studio in this beautiful session. And also a music clinic is possibly this is the first time we, we are having a music session with an audience, an actual audience. <laughs> I really, I'm really grateful, Melissa, for, for you being open to do this yes. because this is such a powerful experience for, for us to having you here, first of all. And also for for our group to have this access, being able to listen to you, seeing you performing, having that grasp of, I know what it feels to be in front of that microphone, that same microphone you are right now mm -hmm. in front of. And now maybe thanks to this session, now they may have figured out a couple of things about what to do or how to do their own in their own performance so they can get better at it you got the chance to tour and go to different places to different venues to different cities mm -hmm. from those experiences what could have been the biggest learnings that you could got from there either musically or as you know in, uh, in personal life learning experience um i'd say Mostly in personal experiences, it was huge. I hadn't really traveled outside of New England much. Uh, been to Florida a few times, but Florida and New England, one and the same. Um, because everyone from Massachusetts goes right down, so it's basically the same place. Um, but in the middle, I had never really been into any of those southern states, and it was um, it was kind of a culture shock to to realize how fast 
Everything goes up in Massachusetts. Everybody is boom, 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 boom. And everything down south is it's a little slower. It's just like, I'm enjoying things. Don't rush me. And that was kind of a big thing to, we had to be like, oh wow, we really just, everything is about next, next, next. What can I do next? What can I do next? What can I do next? Instead of like breathing for a second. And so kind of being down south taught us to like, breathe a little bit to, to, it's okay to go slowly from A to B, uh, enjoy it a little bit. You don't have to be honking the horn at the guy in front of you because he's going like one mile under the speed limit and, or on the speed limit, but you're going a mile under. So you're frustrated. That didn't happen down there. Everyone was just calm. And that was a, a big lesson to, to, to kind of be like, okay, uh, not everybody is as crazy as we are. Um, and that's a good thing because we're pretty crazy up here. Um, but it was good. It was, it was, uh, getting to travel all that way and meeting so many different musicians, getting to, uh, I mean, we, we planned the whole tour ourselves. We didn't have a manager. We didn't have anybody that we paid to find the shows. We sat down and we emailed everybody. We just sent out our music and just said, can we play there? Will you pay us? <laughs> No? Okay, we'll go to the next place. Oh, this place is gonna pay us a lot, so the next place can pay us nothing. We'll get drinks, and it it's all about balancing it out. And um, when it comes to tour, sometimes, well, usually tour isn't at this kind of stage. It's not about making money. It's just about breaking even and getting to perform. Just getting to travel, being with the people that you enjoy to be around and meet tons of cool new people that all like the same things you do because they're there seeing your music or they're there to see music so you know you're going to get along and uh seeing all different walks of life was really amazing it was um it was great to to experience that and i definitely can't wait to do it again <laughs> so right now you have been releasing songs with video production mm -hmm. beautiful ones Thank by the way you. Steven Schwab, he's uh, amazing. This, of course, is uh, increasing your presence online, which is so important right now, mm -hmm. especially when you are an independent artist. This is, I think, the way, yeah. the way to make it through. And also to show that, yes, having the backup of a record label or a manager mm -hmm. is always helpful, but at the same time, it's a lot of commitment and more problems that you maybe don't want to have. Yeah. So what are your plans at this point? Uh, my plans at this point is to kind of continue um, on the way that I've been going and just baby steps, slowly trying to grow, slowly trying to reach small goals, because I realized that setting a big goal of, I want to be a touring musician that everybody loves is like not realistic. You have to kind of set smaller goals so that at a certain point, your goal is I'm gonna be on tour and it's gonna sell out. You get to that point, but you can't just be like, that's what I want, show up on my doorstep. So you just gotta kind of, okay, I'm gonna play lots of little shows. I'm gonna go to open mics. I'm gonna go meet as many people. And then maybe somebody that I meet at one of these open mics will ask me to open for them. And they're bigger and they're more important. So more people will see you. And then the, and then you just keep making connections. It's uh, I'm just trying to, <laughs> basically just try to like tumble into all of the good stuff. And um, on that journey, I definitely want to get a drummer. That's my next goal, is to bring a drummer on board because that really opens up your ability to play bigger rooms, better venues, um, 
play to more people. Uh, so that's the big goal now. And just continue to create content that in art and music and videos and things and make connections with like this um, because I really enjoy it. And I just really love making things and putting them out there. Um, the putting them out there is, is, is a lot harder than the making them is. But, um, but yeah, I, I guess you want to show people what you've done. So keep creating to make it you happy and then put it out there because you really don't know who else is making it really happy. Um, I got a message from somebody the other day that I talked to maybe once and they just sent me a nice message like, hey, I watched your videos. I just want to let you know, like, you know, you've really helped me and this, that, and the other thing. It's just you're being really wonderful and just keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, what? What? I don't, I, I have not, I've spoken to you like twice. Like, you don't know who you're affecting. And I think that's like what's super important is you don't know who you're touching. And like, so just keep doing what you're doing because somebody's going to love it. And, um, and if that somebody's just you, then that's fine. <laughs> as long as you're happy. That's huge. So you're playing with an acoustic instrument, but also you work with electronic devices. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking, of course, about the loop pedal. How did that happen? Um, it actually was very random. I was on Instagram and I was watching another artist that's, um, she went to Berkeley and she's in, been floating around the Boston area. And I just stumbled upon her Instagram and she was using one. And she was playing a song that I absolutely love and I sing all the time. And I was like, I could do that. I could totally recreate that. Like I could do that video. So I was just, I had been watching her make these and I was like, I could do this. Like, wh where is this loop pedal? Like, how do I get myself one? Because I just knew like the confidence in me was like, you could do that. That's really different. And so then for my anniversary last year, I mean, my boyfriend's uh, one year anniversary, he bought me a loop pedal. And so from then on, it was just, this is what I'm doing now. And I started writing music on it, um, learning covers, just trying to basically like being your own acapella band with just like a button. And um, that was just really, really um, changed the course of my music. Um, going from ukulele to that is very different, but I really found like a serious love for that. And um, it opened up doors to play with my boyfriend with the keys and have those kind of sounds really vibing off each other. And yeah, I really just found a love for it. And it was pretty, pretty out of nowhere. I didn't ever expect to be playing with a loop pedal. Like this time last year, I never would have thought that. <laughs> Is it something that you will incorporate to any any live performance? Because one thing is to do it when you are recording it, but to do a live performance with it is the real challenge. Oh yeah, I um, if I have a 45 minute set, um, half the set I don't play ukulele at all. If it's a 45 minute set, I leave the ukulele at home, and I do about 20 25 minutes on the loop pedal, and then we do about 20 ish minutes um, with the keys. So if it's, if it's over, if it's like an hour set, I'll kind of put some ukulele in there just to fill up some more time, change it up a little. I like bouncing from ukulele to loops to this, so that I like keeping people on their toes. So yeah, but I, I, if it's a short set, I usually won't even bring the ukulele. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I love my ukulele, <laughs> don't worry. But um, I just, like I, like I said, I really find a passion in playing with a full band and um, that kind of brings that 
aspect of it to me. So. That emulates that yeah. that feeling of having multiple mm -hmm. layers of sound yeah. around you. And uh, the, my boyfriend, he plays with um, drum pads too on the keys. So we'll have, you know, drum beats and things like that. So it really has, you know, a full sound to it. And I get really excited by that. <laughs> so that's another another perspective to take on this, that you are able to both utilize acoustic I was thinking analog, but yeah, analog as well, <laughs> yeah. and digital instruments, mm -hmm. and manage yourself to be comfortable on both. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, today I'm practicing the loop stuff. <laughs> today I'm practicing like ukulele stuff. I don't, I don't usually jump around. Like if I'm practicing, I usually won't like do an hour on this and then an hour. I'll usually kind of break it up and live in one instrument and live in the string world and then go to you know the digital side of things and get a little weirder. Um, if it's late and quiet, I'll bring the ukulele because then I could just sit on my couch and just like quietly noodle around. You know, with the loop pedal, it's like a production. So. <laughs> Have you tried looping? sounds of your ukulele? I actually, I've thought about it. I've have like plans. I haven't done it yet. I haven't put things into action, but I have a few songs of like ideas of how I want to go about things. I just honestly have not had the time to, to dedicate to that new stuff that I've been like working on. I've been just grinding out the same stuff right now, just to be prepared for performances and things like that. So talking about performances, How's your schedule looking? It's looking very good. I am playing at the Aeronaut Brewery, the open mic. They do an open mic every month, and um, it's always packed. It's a really good open mic. So unfortunately, you guys are too young. <laughs> it's 21 plus. It's a brewery, um, unfortunately. But uh, that's a great spot. And then on Saturday, I will be in Hudson at Cafe 641. And um, I'm with this guy, Mike Morrissey, who's awesome. I've played a couple of shows with him. And uh, this will be the first time we're out there at this venue. So we're excited mm. to check it out for the first time. So that's what I got going on this week. <laughs> so for people who are discovering your music and your presence, how can the audience get to know more about you, get to listen to your music, get in contact with you? Yeah, so uh, melissamillsmusic.com is a good hub of everything that I have. Um, that will have my about section if you want to learn a little bit more about me, my past. All the videos are on there and all my social medias. I'd say Instagram is probably the best way to keep up with me. I post pretty much every day, stories all the time and just more personal and just silly things. Um, Instagram is probably the best way to really stay connected. Pop me a DM, like, that's fine. <laughs> I'll probably respond to you <laughs> and uh, we can chat. So yeah, I'd say that. And then also Facebook and I'm on Twitter and I'm on SoundCloud, I'm on YouTube. <laughs> pretty much everything that there is to offer, so. So between creating that presence online all by yourself, plus preparing how to get gigs and new, new events to play and venues, reaching out, connecting mm -hmm. and also making new music. 
Sounds like a busy. <laughs> it's a busy schedule. I uh, I changed my day job um, from a full-time position to a part-time position. So I would have uh, two weekdays during the week to focus more on music and to really dedicate to this. So I am earning a lot less money and I am struggling a little bit as an artist, but it's worth it to me because I would rather have the time to focus on the craft and to focus on what's important instead of being in an office wasting away at something that I don't feel passion for. Um, so I decided, uh, this is back in November, I got the job, so I've uh, just been a few months now, but um, having those two extra days a week to answer emails or have a full day to practice or to create videos or, you know, create a little studio in my house and, and take pictures and try to do everything I can to just constantly have content, to constantly be posting, creating, um, has been a huge lifesaver because the weekends are tough. I mean, when when I, the weekends are just hard. You want to be doing other things. The people around you aren't necessarily musicians, so they don't necessarily want to be going out and doing fun things, and you want to do that too. So having those two days in the week to really dedicate to music and focus on that has been really amazing. And just any spare second that I have in the day, I'm my, my wheels are turning. It's always like, what could I do? What could I, what could I do next? What can be happening? Who can I talk to? It's, it's, it's getting to be not a problem, but it's just at this point where I'm just like, quiet down a little. Like I had to tell myself yesterday, um, take a step back. Like you have f like four things going on just this week alone. And I'm constantly like, you're not doing enough. There must be more. There must be something else I could do. And so it's important to kind of take a breather and be like, you're doing pretty good. And to be proud of yourself and recognize your accomplishments. Because if you do one thing, that's amazing. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Be proud of it. Don't just push it away and be like, now what? Just be like, wow, that was amazing. Okay, revel in it. And now be like, okay, what's next? So that's what I'm working on now, is not being too hard on myself and not um, asking too much of myself. Because it's really easy. It's really easy. Especially when you are getting used to tackle those barriers and mm -hmm. those obstacles and realizing, yes, I can do this. Yeah, you can't overexhaust yourself because that doesn't help you either. So if you're overexhausted and trying to create, you're gonna get frustrated and then upset at the art you're trying to create and then you're <laughs> not gonna wanna go back to it. <laughs> so you just kind of have to realize, okay, it's okay that I'm sitting to watch Netflix for two hours. Like, I worked hard all day. Like, I deserve a little time. Like, it's not the end of the world if I'm playing a video game for an hour. But sometimes it's really easy to be like, you could have spent that time doing this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> so it's like a recognized thing. Uh, pull yourself back and just stay aware. Be mindful. That's the big thing. That's what I personally call the art of procrastination. Because you have to do it in order to actually appreciate the priorities. Mm -hmm. But then it's a risky game to play. Yeah, it definitely is. It's, 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 life is a balance and it's, everything is a balance, whether it's your work and your play, everything has to find balance or you know, you're gonna find strain in something or you're gonna feel negatively in some way towards one of the other things. And that's not, we don't wanna promote negativity. That's not good. Talking about doing so many things. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not part of the whole 
setup you have, but at the same time, I feel it is. You are so sophisticated, <laughs> and you have such a sense of fashion, at least for what, what I could perceive from your Instagram account. Thank you. Is that another aspect that you are considering? Uh, that's always something that's just cooking. Like, I made this belt. I like to just make things. I like to just... Like I said, I just like to create. So fashion is a huge avenue. Makeup is a huge avenue for me. Um, and music. Those are like my real three things that I love so, so much. And then, you know, my more calm side of things, where it's like my camping, my outdoorsy side, um, which I also, it's very important to pay attention to that side of things and hike and get outside and put your feet in the mud. That feels good and just be dirty. I like that. And then the fashion side of things and I'm constantly, I mean, in this internet day and age, we literally can just look at anything at any time. So having Instagram at our fingertips to just look at amazing fashion and amazing influencers on there and you're just like, that's awesome and what can, how can I create that and things like that. I wanna, yeah, I just, I, I love all the avenues of, of uh, creativity and I constantly am finding new ones to fall into. <laughs> um, like yoga, I appreciate, I appreciate so much yoga, it's really nice. And uh, yeah, there's lots of little avenues. I think it's important to have like hundreds of passions. Don't get bugged out on one thing, just love lots of things. How do you feel after coming all the way from Boston, avoiding a little bit of the chaos of the celebration, yeah. and coming all the way to Western Mass and share time with us? I feel amazing, I think this was a really wonderful experience um, for me as well. I, I I tend to be a shy person um, and I don't like to talk a lot. Sometimes I have a hard time speaking. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I know, I, I, if I'm on stage, I pretty much don't talk. I'm too afraid. I don't know why. I don't know what that is, but this is a safe space. I felt very safe here and I've felt open and honest and um, I'm gonna bring that energy with me next time I'm on stage because this has helped me too. So thank you. This is an important conversation to have because it shows the human side that every one of us have as creators. Mm -hmm. I include myself on that because sometimes listening to your, your experiences, I have had that same feeling, mm -hmm. and there has been many times where I have deleted entire sessions because I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Mm -hmm. I hate listening to myself. And then you have to reevaluate, okay, what is going on? How do I get over this? Because then I'm not gonna stop. I'm never gonna create anything if I'm constantly blocking it before anybody can even judge it. So I think that's a huge thing is if, if you're stopping things before they even happen, then you're, you're like completely erasing a chance that it ever could happen. So, you know, if you allow yourself to be a little vulnerable, to feel a little uncomfortable for a minute, you might end up getting back way more positivity and love on top of it and be like, I can't believe I almost deleted this. You know, when somebody could be like, this is my favorite thing that you've done. You know, you never know. You just don't know. So it's one of those things where sometimes if you hate something a lot, like 
put it down and like go away for a while and then come back and then maybe you won't hate it as much because you've had like a minute to get it out of your head. Um, stepping away from things I feel like is really helpful to really gain perspective on it. Talking about the songs that we just heard mm -hmm. during this session, what can you tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, so uh, the first song I played is called Rope Swing. And uh, I wrote that song actually, it was the, the, probably the first song I wrote when I decided that I was gonna be a solo artist. And I named it Rope Swing uh, because when you're on a rope swing, there's a point where you have to just let go and trust that you're gonna hit the water. And, uh, and so I had to just let go and trust that I was gonna hit the water the right way and not hit the tree on the way back. You wanna make sure you let go at the right time. And to do that, you have to trust yourself. And so that song is all about trusting yourself, knowing that there's things inside of you that you want and you are able to get them. Um, and so that song really was all about me finding myself again and, and realizing like, no, you can do it. Like you totally can do it. There's no reason why you can't. Stop telling yourself you're not allowed to because there's no re of course you're allowed to. So uh, that's what that song's about. And then the second song that you heard was um, about my boyfriend. So it's just a sappy song. <laughs> uh, but I could tell you about the, the last song that I'll, I'll perform. It's called Rose Quartz. And I think it, it's very fitting with um, our conversations. Uh, Rose Quartz, I don't know if you guys know crystals at all, um, but Rose Quartz is the stone of love. It's pink and it represents just fiery, strong passion and love and everything inside of you that, you know, it uh, just encapsulates love. And um, so I named this song Rose Quartz because this song is about finding the passion inside of yourself, finding what it is that speaks to you and just letting people show it, show it off to everybody. Because if it's giving you fire and passion, it's a good chance that somebody else is gonna feel that too. And um, I actually wrote this song as a stream of consciousness. I just knew the chords I wanted to play and I just started playing them. And I recorded it and I listened back and pretty much all of the words that I sang in the stream of consciousness recording are the same lyrics. I pretty much didn't change anything. And I just, it was just like a one take thing that it was like my soul needed to get these words out. My body needed to lay them on, on the page. And uh, that's where this song came from, so. So let's hear it. Yeah. All right. This is Rose Quartz. <laughs> If you're feeling broken and afraid, lost in time and space, losing your
This is the voice of Melissa Mills here in the studio in this beautiful session of Radio Plasma. And also a beautiful learning experience for our group of students from Holyoke High School, from both uh, Holyoke North and Dean Campus. Also, a lot of girl power in the yes. room. Yes. <laughs> this is such an inspiring and beautiful experience, Melissa. Thank you, thank you so much thank for you. making this happen. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I'm so glad you're here. So, um, once again, the reminder for everyone to get to know more about Melissa. MelissaMillsMusic.com And, of course, all the information about her music and the images of the songs that Melissa just performed are going to be available in the posting of this episode on our website, RadioPlasma.com Melissa, once again, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. With this, we conclude this session that has been recorded here in the media studio of the Gandara Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening.